Hello everybody, welcome to the show. A little bit of a different episode for you today. No scientists today. Instead, I'm having one of my good friends, uh, Tover Sipes, who just released a new product, Sound Self, kind of combining meditation and technology, some really cool stuff. And he is an incredible artist who you may know from making the Here We Are podcast logo. He also made the original draft for the Psychonautics, a comics exploration of psychedelics film poster. It ended up not being used, which I always thought was a shame, but you can go on his site and see the poster that I liked, that I wanted to use. The distribution company picked a a crazier um, looking one uh, rather than his artful, uh, subtle uh, poster. But anyway, he's an incredible artist. And one of the reasons why I wanted to do this, when I'm experimenting a little more, you know, a few, a few times a year, I, I deviate from um, kind of having a strictly academic uh, guest. And, and I'm, I'm pretty stubborn about keeping it in academia, but I've been experimenting a little more. I don't know if I'll like break off and do a different segment of the podcast, but I've tried doing a few things, one of which is that I might also start including some of my comic friends uh, as well. So uh, stay tuned for some of that. Leave anything, leave any um, uh, suggestions or anything in the comment sections, anything that you like, anything that you don't like, um, uh, anything you'd like to see more of, any potential guests, stuff like that. And um, this is uh, this has been a cool, interesting, weird time for experimentation, and this episode came out really great. And another big reason why I I wanted to do this is because I've started. I'm kind of um, leaving some of the psychedelic communication stuff, um, or putting it on pause for a while until live touring starts up again. But there's all of these incredible visionary artists that I've met along the way that I'm such a huge fan of and I still want to stay a little connected to that world and so every uh, I'm starting to do every Friday on Instagram I'm plugging one of the artists that I've worked with in the past or that I'm a big fan of so you can check me out on Instagram at Shane underscore Moss M-A-U-S-S and uh, check me out there, which I'm putting a lot of more of my social media effort into um, lately. So, uh, so yeah, that's what's new. Lots of things changing around here all of the time. So, hope you enjoy today's episode as much as I liked making it. And thank you very much for tuning in. Are we? Yes. Where are we? Here. Why are we here? Not entirely clear. We are misfits thrust into existence by random chance with no hints at all as to how we're supposed to make sense of it all. It's immensely bizarre. Here we are. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Here We Are podcast. I am comedian Shane Moss and science podcast host. Uh, today, I am joined by... Uh, first of all, Topher Sipes, who made this amazing logo for me years ago. Um, I met Topher. I had had Michael Garfield on the Here We Are podcast. They lived together. I went to, uh, uh, Topher was his roommate. Uh, I went to interview Michael. 
uh, Topher was making this incredible digital art on his uh, computer. And it was just when I had, I had just started entering um, the, the psychedelic space and community. And so uh, kind of visionary art was especially in digital uh, painting was especially new to me at the time. And I was blown away and I just like, couldn't stop thinking about some of Topher's work. And I got a hold of him one day after, uh, <laughs> after a, uh, after a DMT experience. And I was like, I have this idea for my podcast logo. Um, and, uh, the original logo was my, my, if anyone's seen my stand up science, um, poster work by Ramin Nazer, that was the original logo. Um, but, uh, I, I decided I wanted to try something a little different and I was like, Topher, could you make me something that has like the globe in an eye with the, <laughs> the globes, of iris, the pupils, a black hole and the whites of the eye are like the heaven white that you see in like the DMT space. The, um, the lashes are like the Northern lights. It's in space and that's wrapped in like a DNA, like double helix and he's like i'll take a whack at it and this is literally his like first draft i'll i'll actually say there wasn't the little twist for the black hole in the very first draft and i was like could you add a little twist in there um to make it look more like a black hole and that was the one little tweak that he made but this is this is first try he crushed that <laughs> for anyone watching this on youtube and uh or anyone that's seen the logo just in general and just have always been blown away by all of all of his work what's your website again by the way topher it's topher.sipes.com it's t o p h e r s i p e s.com topher is short for christopher and if you're watching this on my new youtube channel um, which I'm still figuring out how to how to get people learning the the YouTubes. I feel like such an old man. I'm like I like 20 years after YouTube was like a thing that people were excited about. I'm like I'm gonna learn this YouTubes. Um, but uh, uh, Topher also did the the other two virtual backgrounds um, that you see, and he is a part of a uh, new company called Sound Self. And well, so the, comp the company is Andromeda Entertainment, and we have just published and released Sound Self. Ah, sorry. Um, well, Sound, Sound Self is mostly what we're going to be talking about today, yep. I, I imagine. And, uh, and joining me, um, and, and Topher, is Robin Arnott. Uh, Hello. And Robin. Um, who the hell are you? Why are you here? Uh, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure those ones out, Shane. I'll tell you what, you let me know. You let me know if you, if you get an answer for me, all right? <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll uh, give the... Yeah, what's, what's your deal? Introduce yeah, yourself. Yeah, what's my deal? The, good, the reason the why my podcast and stuff now. Yeah, give uh, us the whole life story. Yeah, whole life story, sure. Well, uh, the universe flashed into existence about 33 years ago, as far as I can tell. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm, uh, oh, I think well, where to start as far as relevancy to anyone who is listening to this and gives a shit. 
is is um I'm a game designer and I've been working in the game design space for about 12 years or so and uh, I had an intuition with my first oneness experience which was facilitated by LSD at Burning Man all the good things that so when you play a video game it puts you into a trance state and there's no reason that the trance state of video game puts you into can't be a meditative trance state or even a transcendent trance state like we can use the trance state invoked by video games to give people altered states of consciousness and uh and peaks into deep stillness or oneness and uh that's what i've been spending my career uh working out is how to how to use the video game technology to give people transformative experiences and Topher and I became friends around the time or a little before I started working on SoundSelf. And we were uh, very early collaborators on the project. And I fell in love with Topher's art, his visionary art, which I hope we'll get a chance to meander into just exploring some of in this interview because it's inspiring oh, work. Thank you. Happy to share that. Yeah, I love this idea. As someone who likes video games so much that I can never own a video game or a system because my life will be ruined. Um, you know, I've I've lost I, I I've I've lost many hours and days to I think I once played Guitar Hero for about three days straight. Oh my gosh. And um my, <laughs> my girlfriend at the time nearly dumped me for it. Um, because I couldn't, I couldn't stop. Uh, but the idea of like getting, um, uh, it, you know, j just how much a video game is able to, uh, to suck in our consciousness, but the idea of, of using that and kind of reversing it to go inwards and into yourself is something that is really interesting and innovative. Um, Bingo. So. As a designer, it's really about, so I, I see um, meditation practices as being games. Um, just using mindfulness as an example, the game you're playing and the game being a set of rules that you interact with, the game is to bring your attention back to your breath. I saw this great graphic on Facebook just the other day that was like an engineering diagram of meditation um, that maybe I'll try to pull up at some point while you two are talking so that we can share it. But. Uh, uh, the idea here being, you know, it is a system you're interacting with and it draws your attention into a loop, a loop of bringing your attention back to your breath. And we can use the structure and the technology of a video game and take inspiration from some of those same loops that um, the side effect of playing the meditation game, as you know, and as many of your listeners know, is um, a, you know what, I'm not going to try to bother to describe it, but, uh, you know, You'll, you'll is at least stepping into deep stillness and and um, visions of bliss and what have you. You know, it's just a letting go of the ego. Mm. That's a side effect of the game. So by drawing inspiration from meditation practices and uh, I'd, I'd call them, I guess, like mystic technologies like chanting and wrapping that into a video game and using all the power of your graphics card, all the power of more complex and subtle systems, you can you can actually bring people into really really deep states of consciousness. Hmm. I uh, yeah. What I what I love about this idea, and I've I've done I did sound self once with the VR um, back at uh, that was uh, E three twenty eighteen I believe. Yeah, 
and and then I had uh, and then I just recently did it on my computer as well. And what I love about the idea is that one of the many things is that for me, um, as someone who likes, I, I mean, I'm way into mindfulness. I'm in theory into guided meditations, but I definitely struggle. And I, I find that I have an easier time kind of getting into that meditative state if I'm like, like d during a yoga practice or like in the shower or something like I, I, I feel like, um, it, although I have a tremendous amount of respect for just sitting in stillness and I, and I think that is definitely like expert level in terms of, in terms of like just getting myself in there in an easier way in a less frustrating way. I find having like a little bit of stimulus that isn't like distracting from it, but is part of it um, is, is something that makes it a bit easier for me. So, yeah. And I don't think, um, so meditation purists, and I know a lot of them um, because <laughs> you might imagine being a representative of a, a technodelic and an experience that, asserts that that it can bring you into a deeply meditative state meditative purists will say that um you know well that's not really meditation or well you know it doesn't really count if you're not and i think there is some there's something to what they're saying which is that building up the discipline of a personal practice is really helps it pour over into the rest of your life however uh the dalai lama said um let me see if I, i'm going to paraphrase he said if a technology could m make the grueling process and it can take years and years and years of, of achieving stage shifts in consciousness faster and easier than um, we should adopt it mm. and what i found in sharing this with people is that for people who are I'll start with people who have no interest or experience in meditation it will often drop them into a state of deep stillness and and for a lot of these people it's the first time they've ever experienced something like that and when you have an experience like that for the first time, it, I still remember my first oneness experience, you know, or I remember all everything around it. I think the experience itself doesn't really encode in memory, but um, it changed my life radically. Um, and so meanwhile, for people who are interested in meditation and transformation and psychedelics and, and things like this, and when I say psychedelics, I mean psychedelics for transformational purposes. Um, I think a lot of us, and actually, I'd be curious to hear both of your in, impact input on this. But um, for me, it, it really, once I'd had enough of those experiences, my interest in art radically changed. I wasn't interested in distracting myself anymore. I was really interested in deepening my experience and using art and media to deepen my experience. Mm. And, and so for people who, who do have exposure to transformative experiences, sound self is like, it's basically a media experience that is designed for you, not designed in spite of people like you that you might enjoy anyway. Yeah, I I, I can see I can see there being like a little bit of a pushback from the serious meditators I, because there are things like um, you know float tanks and stuff that are a, a fantastic aid of just like hey, it's very easy to get into. You could go and like and sit in a in a cave but that's like 
if you happen to have a good cave around and and it depends on the the temperature of that cave and if there's a bear in it and everything else whereas uh whereas floating because it's stillness and because it's it's quiet i think people associate that most with meditation even though um it, it, even though uh, to me it's it seems like mindfulness is is something you take with you all, all through your life, but um, but I, I can see a natural aversion because it seems like a, the 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 meditative state or, or um, uh, traditionally is so like um, taking yourself away from any external stimulation, anti kind of technology, um, anti like materialist sort of thing. So. So I can see like at, at first glance that there could be um, uh, uh, some pushback to uh, like looking at a screen or plugging into a VR or something like that. But it's, it's just all in how you use these things. Even the difference between, um, you know, a TV, the kind of TV program you're watching. Are you just wanting to have something on in the background or are you like really trying to look at every little scene and what the actors are doing is different Man, than if you're talking about an TV movie or a documentary, which is different than the, if you're like playing a video game and an active participant and, and uh, yeah. I had, I had an ayahuasca ceremony. Um, I'm trying to remember if Topher was there. I don't think Topher was there for this one, um, but I had an ayahuasca ceremony. This was before the final season of game of Thrones where um, the Game of Thrones mythology was a very, very um, foreground language to my experience. Mm. Um, and I remember having a very deep experience with, um, with Game of Thrones and with, man, honestly, it, it really touched me in some archetypal way. And so when, like, being disappointed by the last season was, was sort of like, you know, recognizing your father is mortal or something. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, we can we can have these really deep transformative experiences with art. I think I think people know that intuitively, yeah. and and it's it's a way that I feel a little out of sorts with some of the um, like the the wellness the institutions of wellness because wellness and medicine both are um, I think people practicing wellness and medicine have a habit of taking themselves a little too seriously, and as soon as you're taking yourself seriously, it really saps the potential the transformative potential of, of the experience itself yeah. and that's something that gaming and entertainment like you're not you're not going to take it there's no risk of taking a video game seriously so yeah. you come to it with an open heart yeah, yeah and i i mean i i don't think i don't think like even things like digital paint and everything like that is is going to be um you know the aesthetic like go-to for every single person some people really you know everyone has different art that they're into some people like more traditional things just i mean you're preaching to the choir a little bit here because i consider myself a, a little bit of like a futurist and, and transhumanist type and i'm also big into mindfulness at the same time and and um transformative experiences and so i'm excited that people are trying to combine all of these things and it's so in its infancy right now and and before we like you know uh i mean we might as well show people a little bit of what we're talking about here so let's, rather, let's the rather than uh rather than just talking about it the whole time but I, I, i'll say what i 
what I like about it, um, when I, I just went and did it again um, this morning, uh, was that it's also, um, you know, simple too with, with all of the, um, it, you know, you really could have like made it a fireworks show um, if you wanted to. And it's, it is like really visually appealing and stunning, but it, it wasn't so over the top that it's like distracting from, um, from the breath. So if you can play that, or that was my take of it anyway, if you can take, if you can play a little bit of uh, what we're talking about, just to, just to kind of show people and kind of tell people a little bit about what the process is, or I, I don't know, however, sure. Sure. Or however you like. Yeah. Which, which video? Would, Would you, you like start to with the trailer, Topher, and then maybe go into some of the other video and, and you and I can talk over it a little bit? That and this is sense. my opportunity to get all of my listeners to start checking out my, uh, the podcast on YouTube as I'm trying to get more people steered over there and subscribing. So, haha, now you, now <laughs> we've piqued your curiosity and now you'll have to go and take a look at YouTube. Uh, Topher's right. taking off all his clothes again <laughs> on YouTube. All right. Y'all see the video queued up? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Play. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to take a very deep breath, filling your belly and lungs completely. Then you'll release in a long tone. Ready? Inhale. And tone. Oh my god. When you come over, I can't wait to show you this. It's called sound self. Responds to your the sounds you're making, and so you hear your voice being transformed and replaced. It's just very psychedelic. <laughs> I don't think I, oh, I don't think I know how relaxed I even feel right now. Oh, I feel so good. Um, there is one feeling over my entire body. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm vibrating. Welcome to Sounds. And, and so, so basically, um, you're kind of, and, and this is with all of these things I'll, I'll say as, as, uh, as someone who had, uh, uh, you, you know, like a Midwestern blue collar factory worker upbringing and whatnot. Um, any, anything, anything even close to new agey has been, has been something that like, took me a little while to adapt and was always just like, you know, to try to explain to some of the, <laughs> the folks around me, like the, the benefits that I've had from mindfulness and yoga and that sort of thing. And I, I will say that, that um, just like I'm kind of, uh, uh, I, I've been doing, I'm at my parents at the mm -hmm. moment and I've been showing my mom yoga for the first time and I'm excited that she's like uh, getting into it and it's going to be awesome for her health and she likes doing it. But at Same. first I have to like prep her that like, oh, when they're talking about this and that, it might like feel a little silly at first so you don't feel like you're doing it 
exactly right at first. Um, but there's so many, like after you do it for a while, you start to realize, uh, what is it? Am I hearing some video? I think Topher, I think you might have the YouTube still playing or a YouTube still playing. Yeah, um, you're just hearing Tina a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you can start this if you want. But um, if, if you can talk about kind of why, uh, one, I'm wondering, um, I, heard, I heard Duncan Trussell there talking about like talking into it and changing your voice and everything. What is, what is like the traditional use of this? And then, and I remember when I did it at the, um, what was the uh, conference? E3. Or what, E3. The E3. Um, what was that again, that event? Oh, hey, Topher, maybe uh, stop sharing your screen for a second so that we can uh, uh, make sure that the YouTube isn't just sticking on. There we go. Okay. Uh, so that E3, what was that event again? That's was... the Electronic Entertainment um, Expo. Yeah. <laughs> One of the largest um, and video game conferences and expos that's been going on for several decades. Yeah. I was in LA in 2018. Um, and, and so, you know, at first of like playing around with the, oh, oh, and I remember like other people being around me and I'd get like self-conscious of like, oh, what do I look like sitting here with these VR goggles on going, oh, oh, you know, and, but then I was reminded of, uh, you know, that, that kind of that traditional, you know, ohm sound that, that like every religion and everything kind of tends to use. And. Um, I was kind of reminded of a thought that I had while floating once, which is that um, I was actually on mushrooms and in a float tank, and I was kind of hearing that sound, and it was kind of unlocking these inner landscapes in my mind, and and I thought, um, you know, that sound that we associate with like meditation or religion or whatnot. It's also the same sort of sound that everything sounds like when it's underwater. And I thought, mm. I thought, I bet that's what the prenatal environment sounds like. And I bet as, as the origins of your perception are constructing, that's, that's what the, the first sounds sound like when your brain's putting together, like how to compartmentalize these stimulus and then after you're born there's like uh, everything else becomes attached to that and so so it's interesting to me that and this is you know wild speculation of course but there's like that sound has this feeling of like uh, uh, uh of of like um going home it has a feeling of like comfort um around it and and it's this sound that seems to resonate uh, uh, through all the, all these different spiritual practices and every different, you know, it's like a very safe register that we can all kind of sing in and and feel comfortable with, even if we aren't the best singer in the world. And so I think that there's something really interesting that those sounds um, do tap into in the mind. Uh, do you ever do you ever think about? Um, do you ever think about that at all? Like what, yeah. what is it about those sounds that tend to like draw you inward? Yeah, got a few thoughts on that. That reminds me of during one of our sound self research trips a few years ago with uh, Robin. Um, realized that I, I, I remember writing this down uh, during a, an extended session 
and realize that sound self is a, it's an exteriorization of an inner experience that we all have access to. Um, and sound self is kind of like an invitation mm. in some ways to, um, to tap into that. And um, so the, the notion of it being a, a game or um, it's something that one plays. Uh, Robin was speaking a little bit to the seriousness and wellness earlier mm -hmm. and health. Um, but when someone approaches something through play, mm. there's, a, there's a greater openness. Yeah. Um, there's greater curiosity. Yeah. And um, there's opportunities for transformation with, yeah. with that openness and curiosity that can can lead to very serious you know i was um, just saying this I, when i i just screened the um the psychonautics documentary and i had people live like tuning in and commenting and asking questions and i had the director and the producer and everything there and i made the point of you know there was like a couple scenes <laughs> of like here's me on mushrooms like rolling around in the grass or whatever and if you show this to someone that's never done a psychedelic before and someone that's maybe a little more straight laced and you go like, Hey, this was this transformative therapeutic <laughs> experience for me. Uh, you know, most people be like, and you're, you're like licking a rock on or something. Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and I wouldn't, and I wouldn't blame someone um, for thinking that it is interesting how like becoming an adult is so like, and now we must put a suit on and, uh, and tie a tie. And this is what this is what an adult, which is just like a new costume that that we that we put on, which is as goofy as fucking anything is. But but I was making the point of like it, it seems like that ch play and childlike behavior and something that like certainly we can always like run the risk of like being immature or not taking things like seriously enough or something. And you know, everything's context dependent, but that, that play seems so closely linked to um, neural plasticity and to kind of thought and mind expansion. And, and so I, I think that that's in it. In it I, I think it comes hand in hand with that kind of, reset quality um that that like the most serious like therapists or psychedelic advocates or meditation um practitioners are after and so um so yeah anyway i i'm uh i'm 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 very much it it's it's i i always i always take issue with people that that think like um fun is is something different than wellness or or therapy i think that idea is um um endemic in the uh in the wellness space if you look at the advertising for just about any wellness product it's um void of silliness and you've got all these you know doctors are recommending mindfulness for there, there there's a severe lack of play i think i think this is i might just be totally pulling this out of my ass but i spent enough time with 
um, wellness entrepreneurs and and technologists that if I am pulling it out of my ass, it's at least a somewhat informed asshole. Um, yeah. <laughs> that I, I think that I mean for a long time wellness activities were not legitimized, and uh, the legitimate avenues of healing were. Uh, doctor in a white coat, very clinical, um, sterile environments that are almost the, the, the antithesis to, to soul healing. And I do, I wonder to what extent as a bid to gain legitimacy, the, the wellness technologies and businesses and institutions have adopted that um, more clinical aesthetic. Yeah in spite of its destructive effects on on the potential to actually have a transformative experience yeah yeah and and i mean there's that that's not to say that i'm you know there there's plenty of um you know uh, it's it's not to say that if you're if you're taking things really seriously you're doing it wrong either it's just like there's there's room for both you know you can go to the gym and like oh, rah, and get after it and you can also go to the gym and uh, uh be a little sillier with it and uh and and you know i i would probably tell people to go with the thing that seems to fit uh fit them um the best but but, you know, uh, I, I will, or another. if we're going to be, um, I think, I, and I think you're right. You know, there's a, there's a, it's like that prayer. There's a time for, uh, uh, there's a time for reaping and a time for plucking that, which is reap. There's a time for killing and a time for healing. Um, there's a, there's a time for seriousness. Absolutely. And there's a time for silliness. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's interesting to me though, that the healing domain has, uh, such a serious overtone to it in the West, and and I don't think it, I don't think that is I don't think seriousness is inherently problematic, but I do think that um, as a default aesthetic, it's maladaptive to actually having transformative experiences. And I'll add that one thing that is inherited from the domain of medicine is. Um, Gosh, I've seen so many. I've actually, you know what? I'm gonna stop deferring uh, responsibility for this one and just say I've even uh, produced uh, videos, like early videos for our company um, about transformative experiences. That, um, and what I'm gonna talk about here is um, appeals to authority, um, appealing to the authority of uh, doctors and scientists, because those are. Uh, the very serious authorities that our, our culture really knows how to trust. Um, if there's one thing that these, that really unifies these experiences, transformative experiences, be them through meditation or psychedelics or um, just, you know, rolling around the, on the rocks, even if you're not on psychedelics, it, it is, um, I think often a reclamation of sovereignty and, um, I do think it is, um, I'll just use the word maladaptive, maladaptive to having actually transformative healing experiences to, to begin that process by displacing our sovereignty onto the authority of an expert. Mm -hmm. And if there's one thing I'd really like to see the wellness institutions lead in rather than um, try to fit into the existing model of giving away our sovereignty that are that we're used to it would be um 
it would be leading with the the comfort and the the sovereignty of the individual who was going through the process you know like if you take an ayahuasca journey i, I remember an ayahuasca journey i had that they made it the um, the curandero made it very clear you know at the beginning it's like you know you are you are healing yourself this is not work that is being done to you you are not a victim to this this is work that you are doing and the plant medicine is is helping you do it mm -hmm. but you are doing it and that's something that i really like to to see the wellness institutions really really lead in mm -hmm. yeah well it's reminded me a few things of flow states regulation co-regulation uh you're touching on science and basically play is a very uh ripe space to induce flow states um sound self is almost like a a type of ritualized flow state mm -hmm. through the technology of gaming and flow states over the past few decades and especially the past few years have also gained more quote legitimacy through their own investigation scientific study books like stealing fire flow genome project um, flow research institute and so forth um, and the importance of, of play and, and quote-unquote serious play has um, gained much more traction recently. Um, I think it's worth noting that the, the, the comfort that Shane you were um, touching upon with the, the toning and almost a familiarity mm -hmm. with it um, is partially um, thanks to what's happening neurophysiologically um, during the experience thanks to um, both the toning and also the type of breathing that's happening so when you're playing sound self you are exhaling significantly longer mm. than you are inhaling mm. and that's essentially a type of vagal breathing mm. referring to the vagus nerve and by having longer exhalations, that helps to stimulate the vagus nerve, and that helps to alter our nervous system from one of a uh, sympathetic fight or flight space to a parasympathetic relax and digestive space. And so yeah. just the simple act of that kind of breathing, which also can be accessed through singing, um, intentional breathing, mantra, prayer, playing musical instruments, especially wind instruments. Um, those are all things that are, you know, ritualized ways to access that space. Yeah, yeah. Come to yeah. Mind. And yeah. then also the... Oh, I uh, never made the singing connection before. Oh, yeah. That's so, oh, of course. Because mm -hmm. I, I knew that this is, you know, as someone, as someone who like sometimes needs things like languaged in a sciencey way to be like okay now it's oh, real sure. like i can be i can be stubborn in that way like it, you know i, I was it, it changed my life when i when i found out that you know in in learning about the stress response system and the sympathetic and then the the parasympathetic <laughs> the dial down of it but but finding out that that actually does activate on on a uh, kind of micro level on the in and the out breath um and, and this is why uh, oftentimes during guided meditations you're you're asked to focus on that out breath um uh more but Absolutely. Uh, 
But yeah, the singing. Oh, damn. I didn't even. Holy yeah. crap. All and right. So, I, so I'm thinking about so many things right now. Anyway. All right. Continue. Awesome. Awesome. Well, well, yeah, singing by oneself or singing with others. That's a, you know, by oneself, that's a type of independent regulation of one's nervous system and singing with others is a type of co-regulation where, you know, we can actually sync our biorhythms together and collectively, you know, de-escalate, you know, the, the nervous system together. Um, also reminded of um, one of um, an associate that um, Robin um, knows um, very well is Mikey Seagal and his project um, Group Flow. Uh, both Robin and I were able to experience uh, this biofeedback experience that Mikey facilitated at, um, in Esalen and Big Sur some time ago. And, you know, we were able to actually get a, a real-time feedback of our heart rate um, through sound and uh, audiovisual LED. Um, but we, one of the exercises we did is we, we deliberately slowed down our breathing and we could both, we could see and hear our, our heartbeat slowing down in real time in response to that type of bagel breathing. Mm-hmm. So that was really fascinating to be able to to share and see that with a whole group happening yeah, simultaneously. Yeah. Man, you guys are tapping into so much stuff because the biofeedback that's becoming all the rage all these days, and it, this is such a what what an incredible thing to have too during uh, during a quarantine um, when you talk about the kind of co-regulation uh, of you know I I don't have a pet. And, uh, and I don't have any physical contact. I'm like, I noticed this beard is like, oh, I can, I can, I can pet myself. (laughs) Sound, sound self is almost this way that, that, uh, that you can have this, um, this, uh, the kind of co-regulated experience that you talk about getting this, getting the feedback, focusing on your out breath and getting that co-regulation all in, all in one thing. That's right. The experience, the experience is designed from so some of the central inspiration to the experience was a group ohm. Shane, have you ever experienced a group ohm? Um, let me think. There we go. I, I feel like have I never group owned? Oh boy. I, I feel like I'm the type of person that should have had one or two group owns in there in a life, but I'm not drawing on any clear memory of Let's a, do it. Let's are, are we going to group Overdue own? for a group own. Uh, yeah. are, we, are we going to do a countdown? Are we all going to start at the same time? Is one of us going to start and take the lead? I think are we're going to we find out. Are we just, <laughs> we're just going to be Ask, ask your uh, your audience, anybody listening to this, uh, please join in. Forget how silly you I are. I think join they in. already are. Good. I, that was, I think, uh, all right, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, if, if people were by themselves, I bet one out of 10 people owned. Let's make that Maybe one out of one two. one out of five. Let, yeah, let's go for half the people. Let's see, and, and see we can, um, another thing you can do with, with oming 
uh, yeah. with yourself or with the group is explore different frequencies, different tones. Yeah. And sometimes you can actually uh, intone a resonant frequency with some of your surroundings. For example, um, the bathtub is Ooh, a great place. That. You can actually find a, a frequency where the bathtub itself, if you're taking a bath especially, you start feeling that bathtub is vibrating in a way that it wasn't before at a specific note, but you got to find that note for your bathtub. Interesting. So well, ways to play I, with your environment. With if tones I too. like, uh, if I, if I like carry one of these windows or in, in my house through oming, it's going to be such a weird thing to explain to my parents. <laughs> uh, so for, for, uh, for round two of a group ohm with uh, uh, the three of us and Shane's audience, a hundred percent of Shane's audience, even you who feel silly about it right now. There's no way up? we're getting a hundred percent. No, they're all doing it. They're all doing it. No Talk way. Let's build some reasonable expectations. <laughs> no, I'm not into reasonable expectations here. <laughs> Topher, would you would you bring up the sound self video and we could uh, we could um, harmonize to that? Well, why, why don't you when you when you do the sound self, why don't you set it up a little bit of kind of like um, uh, in in because when I did it on my computer, uh, I did it with my crappy computer without the good graphics card, and it still worked quite well. But it it like kind of pauses on the in breath and then oh, goes, that's a good idea forward through the out breath, right? Yeah, so right. we can try to synchronize with the video. The video is, yeah, we should be able to synchronize with the video. It might be a okay. little awkward, like everything on Zoom. But... Okay, okay. So I'll start with uh, oh, there's Tina. Nothing. I, the I can't imagine tree. anything awkward about uh, three dudes groups uh, group oming on a on on a, on a Zoom. Oh, there's way there's way weirder things happening on Zoom right now. This is, <laughs> this is pretty benign, yeah, honestly. Yeah. You're going to hear a guided meditation to guide us lead us in. Welcome to Sound Self. My name is Sophia, and I'll be guiding you through this unique meditation experience. Shane, are you seeing Topher's video move? I'm seeing it stuck on the menu. It's on the menu. Yeah. Without changing anything, observe the ebb and flow of your natural breath rhythm. How about now? Let your yep, body good. be heavy as you release any tension you are holding in your body. If you feel any tension, send a breath yeah. there. I was really holding on to my tension for the podcast. I, I, I make no promises of the quality of the interview after I let all my tension go. Muscles of your face. I, I fuel most of my interviews on tension. In this state of stillness as you become a conscious observer of the present moment. In a moment... I'm going to ask you to take a very deep breath, filling your belly and lungs completely. Then you'll release in a long tone. You'll hear me breathe and tone with you a couple of times. Just keep that rhythm going through your experience. First, we'll take a couple of preparatory breaths, inhaling and exhaling with a sigh. Inhale. And sigh it out. <sighs> that was Once only more, like a sixth inhale. of the people sighed. And sigh it out. <sighs> There's a few more. That's like a quarter of people. Ready? Inhale. And tone. Ooh. 
designed for long tones um, and if you talk actually I'll give you a little story early on in the design of sound self it was always designed for long tones mm -hmm. um, but I saw a woman play sound self and she started telling it what to do she was like like commanding it like go back to the green and she was getting pissed off with it and I was so <laughs> angry with her like, it was like so protective of this you know little your baby yeah so I designed into sound self something that would record your voice and then play it back to you later on with the idea that if you're talking to it, if you're bringing loving affirmations, it's going to bring those back to you. But if you're being a yeah. dick, it'll, it'll bring that back to you. As well. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's tri tripping is a, I, I wish you could do that with trip. Like, mm, no, uh, I don't, uh, uh, I, I'm not liking the, um, the scary flame um, demon place so much. Can we go back to the, can we go back to the little um, fractal tunnels? I liked the fractal tunnels. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd hear that on repeat. Speaking of which, it's worth noting that every time that you play sound self, it's, yeah. a, it's a different experience, um, mm. both based off of how you're toning. Even if you were to tone uh, two sessions um, as closely as you can possibly do, the um, the graphics engine is a generative um, space that is constantly creating new things based on what you're doing. So you're never going to have the same experience twice 
in sound. So both with what you're seeing and also what you're hearing, the audio engine is also generative. Um, I know Robin had uh, a background as an audio engineer, um, which is what helped make all of this possible. Um, so uh, what, what was, uh, what's the name of the company again? Andromeda Entertainment. Uh, nice. So what other products um, do you have? Our first experience that came out, uh, it's actually available on Oculus Quest now. It's called Audio Trip, mm. which is a, it's a virtual reality dance experience. So everything we're focusing on in the company is um, about bringing transformative embodied practices into gaming, playfully into gaming. So um, it's gaming that's good for you without being like eat your vegetables gaming, you know, it's <laughs> intrinsically joyful and good for you. So Audio Trip is a dance game that features music by lots of people that you know, like Lady Gaga and uh, uh, who, who else, Topher, comes to mind as like artists that are featured in Audio Trip? Oh, um, oh goodness. Dead um, Mouse, people like that. Mm -hmm. Dance music. And it, it's um, designed by a choreographer, which and, and the experience is designed to bring your body into a dance. In fact, like if you're trying to, uh, let's pull up a video of it. Oh, I'll if do you it. motherfuckers oh. think you're gonna get me to dance on Zoom? You oh, got you should try thing. this. You got another. You should thing try coming. it. You oh, already, that's a. You that's a. Me, you already got me group omen. Um, <laughs> You know, I've, I've, I think I've, I think I've, I've explored past my comfort zone. Look um, at your mom dancing too. <laughs> okay, um, I've got uh, audio. I've got audio trip queued up. Here it comes. Uh, audio trip, show off your moves. Boom. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did. Um. Uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. I've. Uh, I'm big into the VR. What do you guys think is? What do you guys think is the future? What are you excited to see come out as technology improves? Uh, you got any? Um, you got anything that you're working towards um, in the future that aren't gonna um, spoil all can... of your. I can speak to some of what I'm most interested in, which is uh, getting, I, okay, so with virtual reality, you're strapping a headset with a display onto a person's face, and they're already working on getting eye tracking into these. Uh, now, eye tracking is uh, like breaking the seal on biosensors. Right now, let's say you want to get an EEG reading on someone's brain that takes a device that costs 
maybe $150 or something like that. The Muse is a great device, but um, let's say you want EKG, um, which is electrical signals or uh, heart rate or breath. These are all, once we can bring these biosensors into gameplay, it's going to allow designers to make much, much more body-centered transformative experiences than mm. is possible right now. Like imagining a whole virtual world that responds to your heart rate. Uh, and with eye tracking, so eye tracking is the first one to come in. You can read all sorts of biometric data from a person's eyes. So I think we're going to begin seeing it's, it's it, first, like it's, it's something for designers to wrap their heads around how these technologies work so that you can use biosensor data. Like there's some really low hanging fruit on how to use biosensor data for some shitty game design. But once you really think about, okay, what is it like for my heart to play a video game rather than for my, my heart just to be like shown in the environment of the video game? Like sound self, I think is what is it like for my breath and voice to play a video game? And, and this, which is why we have this feedback loop that's so built around your body. And it's part of why the experience is so transformative. Okay. So what happens when your heart rate is playing a video game or your heart rate, vulner, excuse me, heart rate variability or anything that is just more uh, say intimate and subtle than just your mind and your fingers. That's what I'm most excited about. Mm. For me, um, Personally, the creative possibilities are what excite me the most, um, which I've been able to, to taste a good bit of in the past few years, specifically being able to make artwork inside of virtual reality. Um, and I'm, I'm very interested in being able to share that with other people simultaneously. Mm -hmm. So imagine... Um, uh, being in the same virtual space simultaneously and um, you know, giving an art lesson there or co-creating almost like a, a waking lucid dream together. Um, that's very exciting. The, the background that you see right now, I actually drew in virtual reality yeah. and uh, I'm going to rotate it um, so you can see what it looks like from a different perspective. Move your head. So oh, this amazing. is it. It's rotated about 90 degrees or so. Uh huh. And let's, here's another perspective as well. So you could like be inside that. And, yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's amazing that, that even just, what is it? The, um, paintbrush or what is it? Well, there's, there's a number of different, uh, virtual reality creative tools. Tilt brush is probably brush. one of yeah. the, uh, more well-known ones that is, um, easy to pick up and very accessible. I've given a number of tilt brush art lessons. Um, yeah. And it's, it's great to be able to zoom in or zoom out in real time. So you can make yourself super tiny in relation to, let's say this graphic, mm -hmm. and it's massive. It's like the size of a skyscraper. Or you can shrink it down and make yourself really large, and all of a sudden it's you know, the size of a pendant. Mm. And you can work on it in all those different scales. Um, and it, uh, it's amazing to have a more embodied relationship to the artwork. It's really opened me up more to sculpture um, and thinking sculpturally, thinking in three dimensions, even outside of the VR headset, being able to take that uh, virtual experience as experience that you can take with you in the physical world as well. You know, the, uh, I'm, I'm wearing some 
uh, some earrings. I'll try to get a little closer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I actually sculpted these in um, wax and then cast them into bronze. And I wouldn't have taken that um, that jewelry class had I not been turned on um, to thinking more in terms of 3D thanks to making art in virtual reality. So um, it's exciting to think about what we can um, learn in an embodied way in these virtual spaces and then you know, take that experience with us outside of them as well. Mm. Topher, could you share some of your um, your VR art on, uh, like, I remember that tree, that beautiful tree that uh, you shared with us once with the star field above it? Tree. Did you have a way that, yeah, Tree yeah. with star fields. With mushrooms on the tree. And I think you made it in tilt brush as part of a... Trees in a tree. Um, that oh, a is, bunch of trees. There were a bunch of trees. You're like, it was sort of like the end of sound self. I bet it like, was a different. I bet it was a different artist. Tilford. It definitely it was wasn't. Real. It was definitely Tilford. <laughs> I've, I've, I, I know just a few things I can show you. Um, yeah. I don't. I'm not remembering that one at the moment. But, that was the uh, one that was in a virtual gallery with uh, three other pieces. Oh, oh, I do know what you're talking about, and I can find that in just a moment. That that's actually. Uh, a f- fair example. Thank you for for remembering it. And I love that piece. What, what if what if someone wants to? So I've I've never been an uh, uh, a visual um, artist or into painting or drawing or anything. And um, and we're all taking up a bunch of a bunch of new hobbies <laughs> in this uh, in this quarantine. If someone's trying to get into like digital painting or um, kind of this 3D virtual art. Is there is there a good place to um, to start? Well, it depends on on the software that that one the, the hardware that one has access to. Um, you know, there's uh, there's a number of digital painting apps even on uh, mobile devices these days. Um, my favorite digital painting app is probably called Procreate. Um, I've made a number. I've I've actually switched over to that almost for all of my two-dimensional digital painting these days. <laughs> Sarah tells me your favorite digital painting app is Procreate. <laughs> <laughs> you sly dog. Um, <laughs> so um, I've got. Um, there, there's also a number of of uh, free ones out there, like Krita. K R I T A um, comes to mind. Um, I mean, if you if you search for you know free digital painting software, there's a number that come up. Um, hmm. And um, let's see, if one does get a VR headset, probably the, the Oculus Quest is the most accessible, and it doesn't need to be tethered to a computer. And Tilbrush is available for that, along with Gravity Sketch. It's one of my new favorites. Um, and um, let's see, I I'm queuing up this piece right here. Just need to make it a full screen, Aru. There we go. Can you see that? Yes. Okay. Oh, this is the one that I was thinking of. Yes. So this is a vi- this is a video, and this is a, a video recorded inside of virtual reality. Mm. And I'm actually kind of like walking backwards through the entire piece mm-hmm. to display it. And 
This was created uh, for the East Austin Studio Tour last year at Originator Studios, which is also a, it's a video and film studio. It's also a virtual reality arcade service that I've worked with for the past few years. And this was one of four uh, virtual paintings that were created uh, over the course of the weekend where people could come into the studio, watch the artist create them, and then um, ex put on the headset themselves and experience it and explore it as they wish. So there's a number of ways one can share different types of virtual art. This is one of them through video or through still pictures. Like this is a still picture of a piece that I created in Gravity Sketch. That's and, amazing. Thank you. And then this is a um, interactive version over on Sketchfab. So you can actually rotate around. You see that moving around? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so you can rotate it. That is incredible. Interactively, you can zoom in, you can pan around, and let's see if I can get real fancy and possibly even, there we go, change the lighting in real time. That's oh, fun. Wow. That really changes the, wow. the flavor of the art piece. That's fun. Wow. Um, so there's that piece. Uh, what else we got? Oh, this is a, a recent one. I was um, on the right-hand side. That's a pen drawing for my sketchbook. And on the left-hand side, that is a, uh, a virtual reality version that's based off of it, mm. recently created. So that was really fun to make. And then I took one of the viewpoints of that and did a digital painting over that with Procreate. Oh, wow. Mm. So that's incredible. Thank you. This is one of my newest pieces as of last week. Oh, do you have my my one that you made for my DMT thing? So I was oh. gonna I was gonna start doing. I sure do. I, sure I was do. gonna start doing DMT talks. I was or I was working towards maybe trying that one. I guess the Psychonautics film poster first. Okay. Uh, or it doesn't matter. Well, that's uh, either way. Here's Shane with a much smaller beard. So yeah, that's, is, so that was originally going to be the Psychonautics um, poster, and I, I love that. Um, and uh, the um, distributor went with. Uh, oh, this wasn't my... trippy enough for them. <laughs> one, one of my. <laughs> People are still having a hard time understanding the nuance of the psychedelic space for um, for the noobs. Um, but should have probably should have put my foot down. Th you know, this is gonna be good. We should take this and then cut it because I'm not gonna cut my hair or beard. And then we should do a a half of it. That's that's after quarantine <laughs> with an update. <laughs> Add a few more wrinkles in there. Oh. You know, you know, Shane. It, I just realized. Yeah, it would be also possible to, if I were to remove you from this remove the illustrated version of you from this illustration, you could use this as another uh, background for your Zoom calls, <laughs> and just replace your illustrated self. Oh, that's a great idea. Do you have that? I, I could. I, I yes, yes. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, for one of my favorites of your pieces was here. Um, it was the the what the Solaris inspiration oh yeah. one, I think it was. Yes, thank you. 
Um, so this is based off of the uh, book oh, by, by Stanislav Lem mm -hmm. called Solaris. Get the, here we go. There we go. So Solaris is a book, a science fiction book by Stanislav Lem from uh, Poland from several decades ago. And it's, a, it's about a, the investigation of a distant planet, and it seems like the ocean on the surface of this planet exhibits some um, responsivity and possibly um, deep intelligence um, mm. in relationship to the astronauts who are studying it. And it gets quite surreal because it starts to manifest um, physical versions of uh, people from the astronauts' past from their mm. dreams, and they from their dreams, and they appear on the ship with them. So the um, have you ever heard of this book, or maybe you told me about it? Oh, it's so good, so good. Yeah. The the the, uh, the ship's psychologist Chris Kelvin his his dead wife appears to him, and that's actually this character. Her name is Rhea. Mm. And it is a psychological thriller. It's not your average sci-fi with uh, with monsters per se, but more sort of the only monsters are more um, within our own minds. And so mm. this is a um, this is the thumbnail that led to the eventual drawing, and then the full fully colored piece. That's one of my favorite. Is I don't do too many tribute pieces um, or fan art, but this is one of the exceptions. Amazing. Well, Thank everyone you. go to topersipes.com, of course. And then where should people go to find SoundSelf? SoundSelf.com. Awesome. And if you want to, uh, we're, we're, we're just launching a free trial of SoundSelf. Uh, in, so people will be able to try it and, uh, before committing dollars to it. Awesome. Um, that sounds absolutely terrific. And, uh, listeners can go to the here we are podcast.com website to get all the links there as well. And, um, yeah, anything else that we need to cover before we do our group ohm to wrap up? Yeah. Say goodbye to folks. I, th I think, I think Robin wanted to, uh, acknowledge oh, yeah. a few buddies of ours and I'm going to screen share some imagery of them as well. He's, oh, that'd be imagery. wonderful. Absolutely. Do you want to start with Boz Tuffer? Absolutely. Yeah. So we, uh, it's been a difficult week for us. Uh, we, we've just lost two close friends of the company and personal mentors of mine you know, all in a week. Uh, the first is Ryan Boz, who uh, was a really, really beautiful soul and uh, uh, very active in the burner community and psychedelic community. I would be very unsurprised if, uh, if many of your listeners and viewers know him. Topher, I'm not seeing... I see Topher Sipes has started screen sharing, but I'm not mm. seeing an image. Same. Uh, Let's see here. So I'll just eulogize Boz a little bit while you pull it up. There we go. Good man. Good oh. man. Oh, sorry. Let me try that again. Yeah, so he was super active in the crypto space and uh, uh, psychedelic space, and uh, uh, he died in Big Sur in a car accident. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. Very, very, very smart futurist man. And he... Uh, uh, my understanding was that he was having a, a really hard time of life um, for a while, and then just in the last few years, really exploded in grace. And, and in a couple of years, it's really actually an amazing story of how a person can transform in, in just a short period of time, because he became a, uh, through plant medicine, through ayahuasca specifically, he became a, an incredibly potent and um, 
deeply grounded and deeply loving person who who had a a really profound impact on on many 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 of the lives he touched and uh, so um, i take great inspiration from that because uh, i'm going through kind of a difficult time of it right now and uh, and i know who he became and who he was and so very inspired yeah yeah and um on a on a two technical notes. One, are you able to see him right now? Yes. Yep. Okay, good. And then two, I think I think he was closer to Mount Shasta when he passed. Oh, um, did I did I not I, say that? I think you best you said Big Sur. Oh, Mount and Shasta. You're right. He was he was yeah further north in California. And um, when when I met him, um, we he, he he only shared space just a handful of times, but he left such an impression. Um, and we got to talk about uh, dreams and dream work because I've been um, doing dream work for about 16 years and documenting my dreams. And he, he was able to uh, acknowledge that witness that me and we were able to connect pretty deeply very quickly over that. And he even showed up in a dream where I called him out and he totally owned it. It was, it was just a very unique way to uh, uh, first connect with someone about, you know, to dream about them and then formally meet them. And, um, he's already, uh, he's already shown up in my dreams past week. Mm-hmm. So, um, definitely left an impression and it will be missed. Would you mind sharing briefly, uh, how he's shown up in your dreams, Tov? Oh, um, pretty casually so far. Um, and I expect there to be, to me more there, there wasn't any significant, uh, communication or anything. Um, he was, he was amidst a group and um, it was just good to, to, to be around him. And um, I expect to see him more. I know he, he is one of the only other people I know who has a uh, Fiberfly pixel whips, which are a, a type of flow art toy, which I was, uh, I was gifted one of those last year. And he was a, a user of, of two of them simultaneously. And so uh, I fully expect for him to show me some uh, happening um, fiber fly moves in my dreams because that's a great place to learn. The uh, the second person who we're uh, uh, grieving is Kotso Cabelli, who was a oh man, what a good man, what a beautiful smile. He's uh, this is interesting because he died, um, uh, he drowned, um, and now it, both Boz and Kotso were such incredible light workers who were um, very comfortable moving between worlds. Uh, Boz and Kotso were both extremely literate in uh, not only in psychedelics, but in, in sort of navigating the, uh, how do I say this? Uh, navigating the ephemeral and, and really bringing that wisdom into their, their uh, lived reality on this, on this plane. Um, so Kotso and I, and Boz and I both separately shared, shared many conversations where they had no you know, like Shane, you described coming from a family of, and I'm the same way, you know, my, my upbringing was very rationalist and reductionist. And so for me, it's a, it's a little difficult to totally let go into those spaces and not, not couch it in, not couch visionary dialogue about visionary experiences in, um, you know, some explanations or some uh, apologetic language, you know, and, and Kotso and Boz both were able to speak very confidently about their experiences in these spaces. And we're both uh, very effective in this world. Uh, Kotso was a, an investor and a, um, an educator. He founded a couple of schools here in Austin and was working on a, a fund for transformative 
uh, transformative education and and bringing uh, not just education but bringing bringing people into uh, biological coherence with each other so that they could access those deeper states. Uh, and his work is continuing without him, which I'm very grateful to know. Uh, well, I they they sound like amazing people. I'm uh, I'm sorry for the loss. I'm I'm glad that you guys both got to meet them and work with them and they contributed to sound self and hopefully you'll keep having them show up in your dreams. But that was, uh, that was sweet. That was, uh, that was a delightful way to end things. Um, thank you. Yeah. So, uh, well, amazing. Well, thank you both for so much for joining us today. And, yeah. um, let's do, let's do an out of here. What do you Agreed. guys say? All Absolutely. Right, right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Shane. Bye, everybody. Thank you, Shane. Hey, guys. If you liked the show and you want to support me, you can go to Patreon and check me out there. Uh, That's the main source. I'll I'll also be putting up Venmo and Cash App and other things, maybe Bitcoin. However you want to support the show, I want to make it easy for you we're overhauling the here we are podcast.com website so i apologize if some of you are confused it's a it's like a three-week month-long process um so uh finding the old episodes on there um is uh not possible at the time that i'm recording this though everything's still available on all of your podcasting apps And on Patreon, there's some free things that you can check out on there, including the many ways that we've been improving this show. And I'm also using it as a way of brainstorming new ideas, new jokes, thoughts, videos, things of that nature. So thanks for checking out the show. Those of you that watch all the way to the end, you are, of course, my favorites.